oh your amen is too weak for such a wonderful time of prayer hallelujah Amen. that's much better that's much you see your amen should be stronger for heaven to know you are here amen. <laughs> yes 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 you see there's something about the believer there's something about the believer that is inexplicable to the world he looks the same on the outside to everybody else but he's different because in the realm of the spirit he looks just like Christ hallelujah that is the beauty of the believer you see in this world when you walk around you can tell who anybody is by the way they dress you see somebody in green green you know the person is a nurse you see somebody in white you know the person is a doctor you know you can tell people by the way they dress but the believer as he's walking around the garments god has put on us is not in the natural so you can't really tell but in the realm of the spirit we have garments called the righteousness of christ mm. that is the garment that is upon us that identifies who we are and because we have those garments upon us we are workers of righteousness mm. When the Bible says that you've been set apart for good work, those good, those good works are works of righteousness. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And that is the distinguishing mark about a believer. He looks like everybody else, but he's different. Hallelujah. 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 We give God all praise and we give God all glory. Tonight I want to delve into the word of God right away. But there's a song that has been on my heart. Since this morning I woke up and I want to sing it. But before I sing that song, I want to sing one song before I sing that song. Hallelujah. (laughs) I don't know. After tonight is a double blessing. Amen. Amen. Ancient of days, as old as you are, as old as you are. You remain the same, ancient of days, as old as you are, as old as you are, forever you are the same, ancient of days, ancient of days. As old as you are, as old as you are, you remain the same. Ancient of days, as old as you are, as old as you are. Forever you are the Hallelujah. Tell you something, you know, you know why, even though he is as old as he is, he remains the same. It is because God does not dwell in time. Aging is a function of time. You understand? You only age if you dwell in time. Hallelujah. Because you can't age by time. 
age is a function of time. God does not dwell in time. As a matter of truth, he is the very beginning and he is the end. Hallelujah. So time has no effect on our God. So he does not age. That is why he is still the same. Hallelujah. And even more, he remains the same in character in who he is. In who he is. In who he is. Hallelujah. The second thing I want to explain to you is one body in Christ. And I know some of us know this. I know you can help me sing it. I've forgotten some of the words, but I hope you can help me sing it. We are one body. We are one body in Christ. We are one body. We are one in the one Lord. Find we are one body in Christ. Though we are many, we are one body. Hallelujah. Amen. Though we are many, we are one body in Christ. And how important it is for the believer to understand that. That, you know, you have other brethren, when you came into Christ Jesus, you came into the family of faith. Hallelujah. The Bible says that you've come unto Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the innumerable company of angels, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Hallelujah. You've entered the congregation of the saints as a believer when you come into, into Christ. And in Christ, we are bonded together as one by the Spirit. You know, in every family, there is one particular thing that ties them together. In our biological family, the thing that ties us together is our blood. The blood of the Father, which runs to everybody in the family. And that ties us together. So we say blood is thicker than water. Hallelujah. In Christ Jesus, we are not tied together by blood. We don't have blood ties. Uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't have any blood ties with Abigail or Oswald or any of you here. We don't have blood ties together. But, as believers, we are bonded together by something stronger than blood, which is the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So as they say that blood is thicker than water, I tell you, brethren, spirit is thicker than blood. Hallelujah. That same Spirit of God that operated in Christ is in us. And He's giving us that Spirit as the seal 
of our salvation. So by the Spirit, we are identified with Christ. By the Spirit, we are identified as belonging to Him. By the Spirit, we are identified as being part of the family or the body of Christ. The Bible says that he that has not the Spirit of God is none of Christ. So without the Spirit, you cannot be part of Christ. As a matter of truth, the way you entered or became part of the body of Christ was you were born again, regenerated by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we are held, we are knit together in our hearts by the Spirit. Ephesians chapter number 4 verse 1. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another in love. Look at verse 3. It says, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. The unity of what? The Spirit. The uniting force in Christ is the Holy Ghost. It is not an idea. It is not even the gospel. It is not a gospel that unites us. It is the Spirit. Hallelujah. It is not anything else but the Spirit. It is not some purpose we generate from ourselves but the Spirit. Hallelujah. And when you meet somebody else in another nation, in another, of another tongue, of another tribe, who believes in Christ Jesus and, and has the same spirit, because he has the same spirit, the Holy Ghost in both of you will bear witness that you belong to the same Father. By the Spirit, you know that you all came from the same Father. Hallelujah. And you are brethren indeed. Indeed, indeed, indeed. But I see believers this day making a very big mistake. We are binding ourselves together, not by the Spirit. We are not recognizing the uniting force of the body of Christ, which is the Spirit. Rather, we have chosen to neglect that. And we are rather congregating and binding ourselves around something else. For example, some will say, I am proud to be Presbyterian. I am proud to be Catholic. I am so proud to be a faith generation. What is that? <laughs> I am proud to be a charismatic. I am proud to be a Pentecostal because this is where the fire is. How sad. So he meets his fellow Pentecostal and he's so happy because they are all Pentecostal. They are bound together by some, you know, some sh by that name Pentecostals. And not by the Spirit. When he meets somebody who is Presbyterian, he probably looks down on the person because he feels like these people, they are not like us. Such faction and division in the body of Christ is none of the Spirit of God. And God will not have that within His body. Christ, our Lord, will not have that within His body. We should recognize that the uniting force in the body of Christ is the Spirit. And as long as somebody has the Spirit of God, He is our brother. He is our sister. And for such, we should care deeply and love deeply with all our hearts. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we know we are passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. Some bind themselves around men of God. Oh, I follow Pastor Chris. Oh, I follow Duncan Williams. Oh, I follow Paula White. You know, all the big name pastors on TV. And it's always them. And we try to bind ourselves around. If somebody comes up, who do you follow? Who do you know? 
if the person doesn't follow our pastor, then no, we, 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 we look and we look down and up and that you, you, you are not, you are not, you know. How sad. What foolishness. I don't know how that entered into the body of Christ, but it is a deception from darkness that is dividing the body. The Bible says that Jesus in his prayer in John 17 said, said Oh, he said, Father, may they be one just as you and I are one so that the world may know that you sent me. The oneness that comes from the Spirit holding us together is what will testify to the world that Jesus is true, the Messiah is truly the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Because one of the contentions we have so much is, well, if Jesus is one, why do we have all these many Christian, you know, groups? And we've forgotten that these things, they are just names we put on ourselves. And we must break away from those shells of limitations. So Presbyterians will not want to have to do with Methodists because, because they are non Presbyterians and, 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 and charismatic still. They are, they are the ones with, with, with some super, super something and they, they don't want to have anything to do with it. What, what foolishness is that? When the Holy Ghost comes on the day of rapture, he's not going to rapture away. The Holy, you know, Christ is not going to rapture away Pentecostals or Charismatics or, or Catholics or, 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 or Evangelicals, like we love to say. Christ is going to rapture away all those in whom the Spirit of God dwells. That is why he has sealed you with the Holy Ghost. The seal of promise. Marking you down as belonging to him so he's coming for what belongs to him it doesn't matter the name tag you carry throw away that name tag throw it away fifth generation is just a name it's not it's, it's nothing pentecost is just a name it's nothing don't be limited by those things don't be don't be limited by a man of god you run your, your life around pastor chris is a brother in christ td jakes is a brother in christ I'm mentioning the big ones because those are the ones we know. And those are the ones we love to congregate ourselves around. Have you forgotten what they used to say back then? One said, I follow Paul. Another said, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Did these people die for you? No. You see where our foolishness comes from? So we cannot fellowship. We cannot show hospitality. Even hospitality, we cannot show it to our fellow brethren because... We want to first know. But the Bible is saying that he got to maintain the unity of the spirit. The unity of the spirit. There is a uniting force in Christ. It is the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, and one of the things, one of the reasons I find that this is happening is because we are carnal. Because the uniting force of the Holy Ghost, for you to recognize that and walk in that, it, it takes those who are spiritual to do that, to recognize that this man has a spirit. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says that test all spirits, not if they be of, if it is of God. You must test the brethren to know if they have the spirit. The Bible says, if anyone has not the spirit, he's not of, he's, he's not of Christ. It doesn't matter. You can be in Christ's embassy. You can be in Action Chapel, you can be in World Changes Church, you can be any church you want to be in, it doesn't matter. The church won't save you. That organization there is not what will save you. And we don't convert or win people into our church. 
That is what evangelism has become to a lot of people. We are going out trying to invite them into our church. No. The church will save you. We are winning souls to come into the body of Christ so that they may be regenerated by the Holy Ghost into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of light. We are all sons and daughters of light. And that should be our reality. Bonded together by the Spirit. And I tell you, I, oh my goodness, I feel it now. How it grieves the Holy Ghost. How it grieves the Holy Ghost when that happens. So we hate each other. We hate each other. We hate each other. We slander each other. Divisions and factions all over the place. And if one man of God does not like another man of God, then all their followers will also inherit their resentment and bitterness against that other group. So if in 1890-something, when maybe Pentecost was established, I don't know when it was established, but if that man of God did not like, you know, maybe Episcopalians, then they, they will all, all the Pentecostals now, they will all inherit that, that bitterness and resentment and they will hate them. What foolishness is that? Hallelujah. But may such folly be driven out of our midst in the name of Jesus. Through the Holy Ghost, may we recognize that we have a binding force, which is the Spirit. Somebody say the Spirit. Oh, talk to me. You're too quiet for me. Or am I being too, am I being too hard tonight? No. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, Mama Irene, if I'm being too hard, tell me. I'll quiet down. <laughs> it's the spirit. Hallelujah. It's the spirit. It's the spirit. That's one thing we should recognize. You see, even though we, you know, God has put us together in different, you know, together as local, local, what do you call it, churches or body of Christ everywhere. We should recognize that we are one. That's why in our morning prayers, we pray for believers all around the world. We pray for all of them who call upon Christ Jesus out of a pure heart. Because they are brethren. We pray for our brethren. Hallelujah. That's why we, that's why we do that. And your heart, your heart must understand that. Hallelujah. Look at it. Let me read further. You probably see it. He says, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. He says, there is one body. Only one body, which is the body of Christ. Is there one spirit, the Holy Ghost? One spirit, one spirit, one spirit. Just as you were called in the one hope of your calling. There is only one hope of our calling, which is the salvation of our souls, really. One Lord, Jesus Christ. One faith. One baptism. What baptism is that? He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Ghost that brought you into Christ. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is what we call the born-again experience, where you were acquired and procreated by God, where you were regenerated by the Holy Ghost. That's the, that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Because Jesus said that, remember John said concerning Jesus, I indeed baptize you with water, but he that cometh after me is greater than I, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John made a parallel between his baptism with water and Christ's baptism with the Holy Ghost. Meaning that the only thing changing between these two baptisms is the medium in which the person being baptized 
the, the medium in which the baptism would take place. John used water to baptize. He dipped people into water and brought them out, signifying a new life. You understand? But Christ Jesus does not dip us into water. He dips us into the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Brought out, that is the born again. When you are brought out, it signifies an identification with the resurrection of Christ. And it also signifies you being born again, born out of death into life. Born out of death into life, which is the life of God. One baptism, that is the one baptism, hallelujah, that we all share. That's why the Bible says that we have all been baptized into one body and have been made to drink of that one spirit. You can't be part of the body unless you have been baptized into the body. That is by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit. And we need as believers to recognize that. And this is what binds our hearts together as one. Hallelujah. And then it is one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Hallelujah. One Father of us all. One Father. We all have one Father. We have one Father. So we are all what brethren. Even Jesus calls us his brethren. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has one Father. The Father of Jesus is our Father. So who are we to Jesus? Brothers. Jesus is your senior brother. The next time the devil shows you, I'll say, in the name of my senior brother Jesus Christ, get out! You see that devil running away with his tail between his legs. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. You say, my senior brother defeated you on that cross. Get out in the name of Jesus. If your senior brother did it, you could do it. Because that same power, that same grace, that same anointing, that same spirit by which you prevailed has been given unto you. Hallelujah. Most of you do not know that Jesus is your senior brother. The Bible says that, you know, he has destined us to be conformed to the image of his son so that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. Amongst many brethren, amongst many brethren, hallelujah, amongst many, he's our brother, he identifies with us as that, because we have one father, hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Oh, tonight, I don't know if the message is not... Oh, oh goodness, hallelujah. Anyways, we bless God. Amen. We bless God. <laughs> Abigail. Yes, so I think it's the weather. Don't worry. It's the weather. Yeah, winter is here, so people are dull. Winter is, no, no, no. You must live under a spiritual weather, which is Amen. warm. Made warm by the love of Christ. We are digesting. You understand? Yes, hallelujah. We give God praise. We give God praise. Anyways, anyways, it looks as if always have two messages, but you know, it was impressed upon my heart this morning when you know this. I believe the Lord laid it on my heart as I was singing it, and it was dawning on me. And I felt no, I need to share with the brethren this. But you know, over the past almost a month and a half now, we've been discussing faith, 
and tonight there's something I want to say concerning faith to you. Very practical to you. We are still in our message. Very practical to you. Just two, two chapters after Ephesians 4 that we read. Ephesians chapter number 6. I want you to see something there. Turn with me there. Ephesians chapter number 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. Uh, verse 11. It says, concerning the armor of God. I want to show you an armor, the armor of faith and what it does, and how to use the armor of faith. Mm. And expose to you how the devil works, so that you can use the armor of faith against them. Hallelujah. The Bible says that we are not ignorant of the devil's devices, lest he gains an advantage over us. Ignorance of the enemy gives him undue advantage over you. The only reason as a believer you are being oppressed in a certain area of your life, because the devil can possess you, he can oppress you, he can suppress you, he can harass you. The only reason that is happening is because of your ignorance. You've been given the tools and the power to be able to overcome that or to be able to ward that off. But the reason that is still continuing is because of your ignorance. Your ignorance is like tolerating the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. But tonight we are going to expose it in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Yeah, amen. Chapter number 6, verse 11. The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. This is not a suggestion. Uh, it, it, is not, it is not something an advice God is giving. He said, put it on. It's a command. Put on the whole armor of God. Hallelujah. That you may be able to stand against the schemes. Against what? Not the power. Because the devil has no power. Christ stripped him of all power. Hallelujah. Yes. He stripped him of all power. Right now, all he has is schemes. His schemes. Do you have some people in your life who, who are always scheming? May God expose every scheming person around you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, you have some friends, they're always scheming behind you. And you have to be very careful. They smile with you, but they have ulterior motives. I always say this, Abel, 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 oh, Abel, Abel should not have died that day. Abel should not have died that day. But Cain came to Abel smiling. The Bible says, in the morning, Cain talked with Abel. There was no sign of contention. There was no sign of disagreement. There was no sign of hatred in Cain's heart towards Abel because he talked with Abel. That means that they were probably laughing. He met Abel and said, oh, Abel, Charlie, what's happening this morning now? Did you cook you know, Abel, you, you know, took care of, you know, flocks, so sometimes you kill some, boil some, you know, make some soup. King, King, I, I just cut some corn, can we, can we roast some and chop? You know, King talked with Abel as if nothing, they laughed and smiled, but not knowing to Abel, in the heart of King, something demonic was cooking in his heart. Cain was scheming in his heart against Abel. By afternoon time, the evil desire of Cain had prevailed over Abel. The evil scheme of Cain in his heart had prevailed over Abel. The night before, Cain was sleeping and scheming in his heart what he was going to do. 
and there are some people around you, they are always scheming in their hearts against you, trying to find a way to trap you. I'm not talking about witches and wizards. No. These are human beings who have allowed themselves to be taken over by the devil and they are always scheming around you. May God expose them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I said, may God expose them. God will expose some of them if you're surprised. You say, hey, I did not know. <laughs> you call me and say, Pastor Sam, hmm, what you said is true. Hallelujah. May God expose them. Listen, it says, again, the schemes of the devil. Verse 12. Why do we need the armor of God? It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your fight is not against that human being. He says, but against rulers, against authorities, against cosmic powers over this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Now look at 16. 16 is my focus here. It says, in all circumstances, look at it all. It says what? In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Hallelujah. Amen. So here the Bible likens our faith to a shield. It likens the use of our faith here to the use of a shield in battle. You know, those days the Romans, they used to go to war. So Paul, anytime, Paul and the other believers, anytime they wrote to the other believers, they used things around them to, you know, describe what they were trying to say so that they can understand. So, this armor God is talking about, it is not as if in the realm of the spirit there's an armor and then you say, oh, I take the shield of faith in the name of Jesus. I quench all fire with that of the enemy. No, that's not what you do. <laughs> you know, I remember back in those days when we were, we were, we were a little bit ignorant in God's word. Sometimes you hear some prayers and you say, hey, this one, where is it coming from? <laughs> you know, in my high school, where I went to high school, we used to pray a lot. And sometimes you hear people praying. I take the shield of faith. I take the, the shoes of the gospel of peace. Where, where is it? <laughs> where did you get it from? I, you know, and the, you know, there's one prayer I had. Eh? If I tell you, you'll be surprised. The guy was praying. He said, "Oh God." He said it in three. I'm going to say it in three and translate it for you. He said, Irade, Yamani Huna Yehunina, Yefim. So, who Yefim, so I say, what are the gray and then the boy in case you Oh my goodness. You know, one of the guys said, I'm going to translate it in three. You know, back home, we carry things on our head, right? You carry a base, a pot, stuff on your head. Before you put it on your head, you take a rag, you fold it almost like a, a little a rag or, you know, napkin on your head, and you put a thing on your head. And I know even in a, in other parts of the world they do it. You fold like a little cloth and put it on your head. In Canada, cloth mm -hmm. is called 
Okay. So the guy was saying that, oh, Lord, all these problems in our life, take it from us. If you are the one who brought it in our lives, then, you know, <laughs> make that cloth for us so that we can carry it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. May God deliver you from such prayers in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. So, the Bible is saying that in all circumstances, that means that you must use faith as a shield. Listen to the wording very well. This is very important. I'm not saying use the shield of faith. I said you must use faith as a shield in all circumstances. Not in some circumstances, in all circumstances. Hallelujah. And what are you doing? The Bible says you are using faith as a shield to extinguish. Extinguish means to put out the fiery darts of the evil one. Fiery darts are like, you know, uh, shots of fire that is coming against you. All right? Shots of fire. And those shots of fire, it's like in the realm of the spirit, there are shots of fire. But the schemings of darkness, which I'm going to show you now, the Bible is likening them to shots of fire. All right? And the Bible is saying you can extinguish them. You can put them out by using faith. What are those fiery darts of the enemy? They are called spiritual projections. Somebody says spiritual projections. This is how the enemy works. Those fiery darts he shoots against you are spiritual projections. He shoots them at their thoughts, thoughts or pictures. He shoots a thought into your mind. It's a projection. It's a fiery dart. If you don't extinguish it, it will set your mind ablaze and burn you down. And I will give you an example of how that happens. You see, that fiery dart is a thought from darkness. You understand? When that thought comes, it creates a certain picture in your mind. When it creates that picture in your mind, it affects your feeling in the circumstance, the way you feel about the circumstance. It begins to affect it. It begins to affect the way you see the circumstance. It begins to affect. Then it begins to affect the way you respond to the circumstance. Hallelujah. So in the realm of the spirit, it looks like, you know, it's like fiery, it's like fire, small darts of fire. So when it's shot to your mind, when that thought is shot to your mind, and you don't extinguish it using faith, and I'll show you how to extinguish it using faith. If you don't extinguish it, it will set your mind ablaze. That is the thought becoming the picture in your mind. It will set it ablaze. Then before you realize, it will burn you down. But you need faith to put that fire out, to cut out the power of that fiery that. And the devil is always shooting spiritual projections against us, which are thoughts. That's why the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not what? Canal. Right? They are mighty through what? God. To the pulling down of what? Strongholds. And do what? Casting down vain imaginations. 
and every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Vain imaginations result from those spiritual projections, which are thoughts. And casting down vain imaginations and every thought that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is the word of God, right? And those thoughts of darkness that are spiritual projection the enemy shoots into your mind, they want to exalt themselves over the word of God in your life and rather dictate your life and not the word of God dictating your life. So you are in a circumstance, the Bible says in all circumstances, for example, you are in a situation where what you are expecting did not happen. Maybe at your job, they brought you a letter and said, you know, you are being fired. Let me take a very bad situation. You've been fired. You received the letter. Then immediately the devil shoots a fiery dart. And that fiery dart is, you are finished. The moment he shoots, you are finished into your mind, your thoughts. You are finished enters your mind, and then it creates a picture of how you are finished. Then all of a sudden, you start seeing how everything in your life is finished, is crumbling down. That single thought, you are finished. It creates that picture in your mind. You begin to see how your marriage is breaking down because you are not working now. Your wife or your husband, your wife is coming and your, your wife is nagging you because you are not working. You can't provide for your family, so everything is dysfunctional. You guys are arguing. All of a sudden, you begin to see your education going down. You don't have money to pay for your education anymore. You are, you, are, you are seeing it. Then you begin to look into your future. All of a sudden, your future that looked bright in your eyes becomes so bleak and dark. That is the thought becoming a picture, the fiery that is setting your mind on fire. Then as you dwell on that, so then, you see, then it starts affecting your feeling in the situation. You begin to feel depressed. You begin to feel defeated in life. You begin to feel so low. Then it starts now affecting the way you respond. It starts coming in the things you say. I'm finished. I'm done. I don't know what to do. Then you start crying. And that is your response in the situation. Hallelujah. That is how the devil works. In every situation, that's how he shoots a thought. It starts with thoughts. But what will faith, using faith as a shield do? They gave you the letter, you are fired. Immediately they gave you the letter, the devil shoots that thought, you are finished. You take the shade of faith. What is faith? Faith is your confidence in the word of God. So first of all, you know what God has said. You mean that God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You know God has said, I will supply all your needs according to your, my riches in glory. You know God has said, I am your shepherd and you shall not want. You know what God has said. So the moment that thought comes that you are finished, immediately you take the shield of faith. How do you take the shield of faith or how do you use faith as a shield? You speak. You don't keep quiet. You don't say in your heart. You speak out in Jesus' name. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He will never leave me nor forsake me. My God will supply all my needs according to my riches in glory. Cast is the man who trusted the arm of flesh. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from above. 
He makes my life beautiful in the name of Jesus. When you stop saying those words, you are extinguishing the fiery darts of the enemy. Then you be, you see, when you extinguish it now, the picture is gone. That bleak and gloomy and dark future you were seeing because of that thought that came, you've extinguished it so your mind is free. That thought that wanted to exalt itself against the knowledge of God in your life, you have extinguished it and the word of God is gaining ascendancy in your life. Then the word of God is now affecting your feelings. Even though the letter says you are fired, you feel victorious because of the word of God. Even though it is a depressing situation, you feel victorious. Because you know that he leads you in all triumph in the name of Jesus. Mm, the, then it begins to affect the way you respond to it. Then rather, instead of crying, you are rather rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Bible says that grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. He grew strong in faith, that you are giving glory to God. Even though you are fired, you go to him. Honey, what happened? I was fired, but you know what? God is with us. They gave me a letter by you. God will never leave us nor forsake us. Then you take your wife's hand. Then you guys stand and you start praying. Then you start rejoicing and giving God glory. You start rejoicing. You just start rejoicing. You start thanking God and blessing God. And you go to, you, you, you don't stop because you don't, you don't stop going to church. You still go to church. You still come on prayer line. We still pray together. You are still rejoicing in your heart because you know that faithfully see and you do it in your life. Let me tell you something. The battlefield is your mind. It's your mind. And that is where the devil will shoot is that. And I see a lot of believers, their entire life crumbles down just because of one thought. In, the Bible says, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, let me give you another example. You are married. This one is for the married couples. You are married. Something, something small happens. Then the devil shoots a thought. Your husband doesn't love you like the way he loves you. Immediately you should shut it down. Immediately you should shut it down. You understand what I'm talking about? That thought can develop. That single thought is a seed. You let it develop in you. You will become pregnant with divorce. In nine months, you you will give birth to divorce. If you don't abort that thought immediately. You understand what I'm talking about? This is how the devil is destroying a lot of people's lives. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the devil's devices, lest he gains an advantage of us. This is how he's de destroying a Some people, A lot of people are still coming to church. That is their response to whatever circumstance they find themselves. They stop. They stop praying. Mm -hmm. The devil shoots at all. You've been praying, I uh, see nothing is happening. Okay. And then you also buy into it. Then you start complaining. You start complaining. I've been praying. Nothing. Oh, dearly beloved. Okay. You think as a shield to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. I'm telling you, the devil is not playing. The devil wants you poor and destitute. To the place where you crawl to him and beg him to help you. That's what the devil wants you. That's how he wants you. He wants you destitute to the place where you crawl and beg him for help. But you must stand firm on the word of God. And pull down every stronghold. Cast down. Then the Bible says cast down.
He says, pull down. You understand? Pull down and cast down. Let me tell you something. You must be aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. You need aggressive confessions. That, that seemingly that seemingly devastating circumstance you begin to declare I deny you I refuse you to determine my destiny my destiny was established by God in eternity past in the name of Jesus the word of God is unfolding my life in the name of Jesus Parker. oh you failed one exam and all of a sudden you are thinking you will not graduate you should say thought you will not graduate something happened you, you, no 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 immediately you quench that thought and you begin to I'm receiving my PhD in the name of Jesus I'm receiving my masters in the name of Jesus you begin to see yourself walking on the stage and receiving it Sadly. Listen, brethren, this is what we call the fight of faith. The Bible calls it a good fight. But that's a fight, the good fight of faith. Listen, there are fights in this life you should never get into. For example, fights with your neighbors. Don't get into a fight with your neighbors. It's not a good fight. You understand? Don't get into a fight with your neighbors. It's never a good fight. And especially if you get into a fight with somebody who is stronger than you, that one, God help you. <laughs> you may come back with a broken nose. But there is another kind of fight. It's called the good fight. Of, the Bible qualifies it as good. Why is it called good? Because we are always victorious in that fight. We are always victorious. So it's a good fight to get into. Hallelujah. You know what? Let me tell let me give you an example of a good fight. Man, I'm going to use you as an example. Forgive me. You know, Brian and I, we've been together ever since we were in college, freshman year. We do everything together. And while we play sports together. You know, soccer, basketball, everything. You know, basketball, when I play Marion, he'll beat me. So it's a good fight for him. You understand? But when we play tennis, I've beaten Marion and beaten him and beaten him and beaten him. So anytime we are, you know, we want to go play, I say, well, let's go play tennis because it's my good fight. I know come what may, I'll win. <laughs> <laughs> since, since 2006 we started playing tennis so now Marion has not even won one fight Marion has not won one fight it's a good fight for me because I know I know I'm stronger than him when it comes to tennis but when it comes to swimming oh goodness he will beat me bad like he had a retreat when we went for a retreat Marion beat me again you see it's not a good fight for me. That is the thing. Why? Because the outcome is already assured before you even start. That's why it's a good fight. The Bible calls this kind of fight a good fight. And I see many believers backing out of the fight. Give it in. Give it in. When throw it in the towel. When they've not even thrown any punch yet. You've not thrown your punches yet. The devil has thrown some punches against you. You've not even landed one. You've not even thrown one punch and you... You are, you, are, you, are, you are giving up. You are walking up. They're going to throw some punches too. Hallelujah. 
Keeper told you this. You, you don't throw the punch by being silent. You throw the punch by speaking the word of God. You speak God's word. You speak God's word. That is how you take the shield of faith. You speak the word of God. You, just, you have to talk to them. They may think you are crazy. The devil is speaking to your mind. Speak openly to him. Hallelujah. Reply him. You say, I refuse this thought in the name of King Jesus. Yes. You begin to see some symptoms in your body. All of a sudden, the devil begins to tell you, ah, this thing is cancer. Hey, cancer. Sometimes the way people access this on this is as if it's their blessing. I, I wonder. I wonder. Hallelujah. But it, you, use, you take the shield of it. You use faith as a shield. Listen, without, if you don't use faith as a shield, you are in a constant battle. The arrows are flying from left and right. If you don't use faith as a shield, you, <laughs> they'll nail you down with their arrows. It is coming. Lift up your shield of faith. That's why the Bible says that blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of mockers. But the Bible says that his delight is in the law. And upon the law he does what? He meditates. He ruminates. Meditates. That is not just thinking and pondering. He's talking about girl speaking the word of God. That's what he's talking about. Meditates upon the word. The Bible says that at eventide, Isaac will go into the open field and meditate. He will be speaking the word of God. He meditates. He's always speaking the word of God. Listen, speaking the word of God. He's speaking the word of God to become his reality. Using the word of God and his faith as a shield against the enemy. Hallelujah. That is how you're doing. That is how you're doing. Amen and amen. 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 Do you know that, eh? I was reading Revelation, the last thing before we close today. I was reading Revelation there and I was surprised. The Bible was, this, was talking about those whom God will cast into the lake of fire. Says, and, and he mentions the fearful. He mentions the fearful as those who will be cast into the lake of fire. The fearful. He says, and without, that is, those outside the kingdom are the dogs and the, the immoral and all those. But he says, the fearful, read it, is in Revelation. Some of us, we've lived our lives fearful and timid. Fearful. But countless, anytime God wants to work with a man, anytime God wants to walk with a man, he'll say, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He, said, he said to Joshua, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? It's a command from God. Have I not commanded? No, who, where the command? Have I not commanded you to be strong? Felicia, has God not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Has He not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Do not. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to somebody today in the name of Jesus. And I'm speaking to myself too. 
Hallelujah. We give God praise. Lift up your voice. I want you to lift up. Pray in the spirit and begin to speak God's word in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice now. Maseke sakata. Ibatule megende perida la 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 manda sande konte meziba baushi. 